Hello and welcome. You listen to African States, the program that brings you the knowledge about African content. My name is Kindama. I'm your host of today's program. On this edition, we have uh, one of the gentlemen, one of African brother. Um, he's uh, in Namibia. I don't know precise where he is. I think he's in Vinduk, but he will be able to tell exactly where uh, he's in, in, in Namibia. He's an activist. He's a chess player. He's a spokesperson of the organization called Their Blood Waters and uh, Our Freedom. Uh, and you're talking with uh, Mr. Uh, Boro Ndungula. Uh, exactly. All right. So, uh, good afternoon, sir. Uh, how are you doing? Where in Namibia you are? Uh, let me say first good afternoon to the listeners that are listening to this program now. My name is Boro Ndungula. And I'm in Namibia, in the capital city, city of Windhoek. That's where I'm residing now. And that's where also I stay now. Okay. Uh, you were a man with many activities or many or, or, or whatever can I may say that you are an activist, you're a chess player, yeah. you're a spokesperson of the organization uh, Day Bloods, Waters and Our Freedom. We're going to talk about this organization, but I want to know who are you? Uh, my name is Borondungula. I was born in Lubango, 10th of December, 1978. From there, Lubango in 1985, the Swapo movement, they sent me to go to Czechoslovakia, where I did started my primary education all the way up to the secondary education. And then in 1991, I came back from Czechoslovakia and then I come to Namibia for the first time where I started now staying since 1991 up to now. Okay, and then how it is since you returned from uh, Czech Republic to uh, Vindoke uh, in Namibia? How it is? Uh, you know, you are in Europe yeah, is completely yeah. different from in Very, Africa. How it is? You know, the, 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 the reality between Europe and Africa is very so contrast that is very so different. You know, when I was in Europe, I must say that the life was very well. I was living like a king. I could have everything, whatever I wanted. But when I come to Africa... From, from Czechoslovakia to Namibia is when I come to discover what is poverty because when I came here for the first time I come to see what is poverty and uh, life for me has completely changed. You know, I, I, I was used to a good life now. I had to adjust to a bad life full of poverty, full of stress and frustration. But um, despite that, I managed to adapt and adopt very well. Now I'm also just now used to the situation, but I must say that the European life is very, very better compared to the one that I'm living here in Namibia. But nonetheless, I managed to adopt myself and, 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 and live like every Namibian to accept that your country is very poor and there's nothing much you can do other than just to accept and understand, which is what I did. Hmm. I understand, but uh, I just want to know uh, how come uh, Namibia is, uh, is so poor when uh, uh, we have got uh, only uh, 2.1 million habitants uh, the and then the country is so rich? Yeah, yeah, the situation in Namibia is very political, political because most of the businesses that we do have here in Namibia, as much as they are making a lot of money in Namibia, most of these industries or businesses and the banks and stuff, they do not belong to the Namibian people. They do not belong to the Namibian government. Most of the companies that we have here in Namibia, they are coming from South Africa. They are of South African origin. 
That is why most of the money that is being made here is always going to South Africa because our economies for Namibia and South Africa, they are interlinked, meaning that whatever companies that are here, all of them, they are from South Africa. So that is happening in Namibia, most of it is going to South Africa because many of the businesses here, many of the businessmen here, they are from South Africa. And what is happening, uh, many of the Namibian people, they are actually into small SMEs, small medium enterprise business. They are not into the bigger businesses because most of the bigger businesses, they are already belonging to companies and institutions from South Africa, from the mining companies to the commercial companies, banking companies, and all kinds of uh, industries that you can have here. Most of these companies are foreign, not only South Africa, but also you find some from, from Australia, like Rio Tinto, and also from U.S. and also from the European Union. So they are the ones who are controlling most of the businesses that we have here in Namibia. So people, they will be like, no, Namibia is having a lot of few people and having a lot of wealth. But what international society does not understand that as much as this is Namibia, most of the companies, most of the mines and so forth, they are controlled by the foreign uh, international companies. Mm. I know uh, uh, Swapo uh, came into power uh, 29 years ago. Uh, and since then, what does it change for uh, the, the Namibians? Uh, since Swapo took over from the South African regime, much has really changed in terms of now people are free now have their political opinion, people are free because it's democracy that is ruling here. So much of the things in terms of politics and then the rights and freedoms, it has changed for the better for the people. But now the problem that we are having here is about the independence. Politi not we have already attained the political independence. But now what is happening here, what, what makes things difficult for us is because as much as we have as Namibians attained the political freedom, we came to realize that independence for, for economics or economical freedom was much better than the political independence, and we don't have the economic independence, which is now what we are lacking now, because as much as we don't have the, 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 the economic independence, it means that as much as we are the owners of Namibia, still is the foreigners that are in control of the mineral resources, that are in control of the economy, that are in, in control of all the industries that we have here in Namibia. So what Swapo did actually, they brought the political freedom. People are free here, they can do whatever they want. They can form political parties, they can form businesses, they can form uh, all kinds of organization to represent their interests and also to fight for their interests in, in, in any political way. That all of it is secured and we thank Swapo for that. But when it comes to the economical independence, I think that Swapo still has to uh, uh, reach the economic independence because economic independence we came to discover is more important than the political independence because the political one we are only in charge of the political situation but when it comes to the economics we are not in charge of it because it's owned and controlled by the foreign companies and foreigners so exactly that's is I I visit Namibia many times. Uh, yeah. I know very well Namibia. I love that that, that the, the the country um and the contrast that it is. But I mean I I, I found that situation I saw exact that is uh, the, the the economy is being controlled by foreign and not by Namibians. What do you think should be done in order for the Namibians to take control of economy? 
as we know, is not the uh, swap is 29 years in power and not yet control economy. Uh, my brother, this economic independence that we like to achieve or we like to fight for, it won't be easy because most of these companies that are controlling our economy, that are in charge of our industries, these are multi-international companies that are so powerful and in fact they have more money than our own government. So it's not really easy to take on this or to take on these companies because as much as they are very powerful, they also have more money and a lot of money than our government. So in that process, they are also able to corrupt also some of the people that are supposed to help us to attain the economic independence. So what is happening now here, these companies, since they have a lot of money, they are bribing government officials, they are bribing the, the, the business uh, uh, leaders so that they don't do anything about so that the Namibians can be in charge of their own economy and also their own industries. So it's not really easy when you are fighting a billionaire while you are only a millionaire. It seems that it's easy, but in reality, it's not because these companies, they are well settled in Namibia. They've been here long before Swapo took over. So they are already settled here and their roots, they are so deep here in Namibia and they know the whole situation here and they know that they are well protected here. Swapo cannot do anything here because also our constitution provides for a protection of the private property. Our constitution provides that the states protects the people who are owning the land and who are owning the companies. So as much as Swapo government would love to really to help its people to take over the economy and be in charge of the economic affairs of the country, uh, the problem what they did is that they have signed a constitution, I believe that in 1989, and this constitution is now uh, being problematic to them because when they were signing this constitution, they were just rushing. They were not really reading to see what is the content of this constitution, what it says. All they wanted back then in 1989, 1990, they just wanted to have Namibia independent because these starters or these fathers of us, they've been fighting for more than 30 years. So they've been tired of fighting the, the liberation struggle for very long. So they had to compromise. And in that compromise, when they compromised, some of the things, they were not really sure or aware of what is it that they were compromising? So they only come to discover that we have, we have made mistakes. But by the time they've realized the mistakes that they've made, they've already signed the, they already signed the constitution to, 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 to be the supreme law of Namibia. And now the very same constitution that they've signed is now against them and the Namibian people. So what is happening now, we just have to accept the whole economic and political situation that it is because it's not easy even to amend the constitution. Mm. You just touched on one point very uh, critical. You talk about uh, land, and I believe that many Namibians are landless where they don't have a land. I had a chance to see a documentary where uh, they show a, a farmer in Namibia. Uh, one particular person has like um, uh, 100 hectares of, of land. No, more uh, than 100 hectares. Okay, more so the more than hundred hectares. How yeah. is the situation? I mean, I, I I heard I was also thinking to talk to one of the guys that who has created this party, uh, landless uh, party, something like that. But yeah. how is this process of 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 grabbing the the land in Namibia? Uh, the land situation in Namibia is very sad because the people who are supposed to help the Namibians to get the land.
what happened is that they've been bribed they've been given also the land so that they don't talk about it you understand what i'm saying see the whole situation mm -hmm. of the land ownership here in namibia is very bad because you find somebody that is having a land one person that is having a land as big as window or even two times or even three times the size of the window so this is a very sad situation that we are having here and when we try to grab the land the, the politicians were supposed to protect us they are using the same constitution that forbids us from 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 grabbing the land so the whole land situation here is very very bad because the people like i told you the ones that are supposed to protect us the ministers and all the swapo people the high-ranking official of the people of the, of the the swapo party what happened is that the minority white people were having lot of farms so what they did in order to bribe our leaders so that they don't do anything concerning the land situation in namibia what happened is that they give also the land a farm or two to the ministers and to most of the influential people here in namibia and also within the swapo party they have been given free farms for free so in that way is how they will go that they, they were they were bribed so when you talk about the land it's no more the white people who are defending that the land must remain in the in the lay in the hands of the people that own it but it's the very same people that we voted for that now are the ones that are preventing us from 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 land ownership but otherwise the land ownership here in namibia is very very bad imagine one person is owning a land as big as window while there's lot of thousands of people that do not have access to the land it's not to say that if land is divided among the namibians that it will not be sufficient no namibia is a land that is owning lot of land which can even be enough for all of us here but because of the yes, inequality because... inequality that is going on here and also because of the greed among those that are owning a lens or lens so the situation is is really beyond our comprehension and it's also unfair to us because how do you also explain that one person can own a land as big as window or even bigger than window so for us we feel that that's unfair namibia has got land enough land that can all already occupy everybody and also can benefit everybody but because of some racist people who are so greedy and they don't want even to share the land that they are owning we are finding ourselves in this similar position and the thing is the government and so forth they cannot give do anything because they've been already bribed they, they the mistake that they made was that they accepted the land that they were bribed with or that they were offered by the minority white people so for them now to be able to talk or to fight for the land rights and the land freedom for the majority of the people is not easy because they themselves they were bribed all of them they got farms not even one farm two farms or three farms which they got for free and they did not realize that time that it was the way to bribe them only now they come to discover that they have been bribed so there's nothing for now that they can do other than just to accept so they, they, they are our liberators whom we trusted to free us and also make sure that they can give us a land it's like now they themselves they become the capitalists and they are the mm. ones now that are fighting us i see uh you listen to the african states the program that gives you the, the the knowledge about african continent we have on the line straight from uh vindok uh, capital city of uh, namibia beautiful city i love it uh, namibia that's very beautiful Boro, uh, uh, Boro, exactly 
so in this situation or in this case, what do you think should be done in order to uh, have this land? I know uh, there is a swap with stronghold and still in power, but what do you think as an activist, as a member of the society, what to be done in order to regain uh, the land and distribute to the population? The way that can be done will be if, if the constitution can be changed because the constitution is the one that is protecting the landowners so that nobody can come and grab their land and also to accept that whatever the land that they are having, they need to keep it. So we feel that the constitution needs to be changed, but also it's not easy to change the constitution because for you to be able to change the constitution, you need to have two-thirds of majority in our parliament. And since the people mm -hmm. that are in parliament are the ones that are owning this land, so also it's not easy also for us to be able to approach them because as much as we want the land here in Namibia, the people that are supposed to do it for us are the ones that have been bribed and are the ones that are in control of this land. The other thing that can help maybe is only if another party, except for Swapo, that can win the election in Namibia and take over. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. I can hear you. Yes. Yeah. USA? No, no. USA, you, you are telling me that uh, unless one another party gains the, the election... Yes, unless the other party that can take over, maybe the situation here in Namibia can improve, whereby the land situation can change. But otherwise, if things are the way that they are, it will be very, very difficult for the land solution that can take place here in Namibia. Because like I told you already, that the people that are supposed to give us the land, free us the land, and also make sure that the masses have access to the land, are the very same mm. people that have been bribed, and also are the very same people that are having this, this land. So the situation is really, really difficult even for the masses. Okay. Mm. All right. Probably I will come back. I will come back and ask a couple of questions regarding uh, politics. But I will go back. I will start asking you a question regarding your organization. You said that you're a spokesperson for uh, They Blood Water Our Freedom. Yeah, Can they you are explain to me what is uh, this organization is? Uh, this organization we founded because, you know, during the liberation struggle when Swapo was fighting to overthrow the South African regime in Namibia. So what happened is that our parents, some of them, they were soldiers. They were the ones that they were fighting for this country. And so what happened while they were fighting, some of them, they got killed in Angola or at the borders during... Some of them, they died. And the reason for us to bring up this organization is because we've been... They are still in Nambi and all of them that so they can help us to uh, 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 bring their remains back here in Namibia so we can bury them and also so that we, 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 we can give them proper burial services, you know. So the government is not hearing us. Swapo is not helping us. This is now where we decided that we need to form an organization which is called And this organization is representing all the children that are in Namibia who have lost their parents in exile, whose remains that they are in exile. And the aim of our organization is to make sure that these families are compensated because they are 
parents they were fighting to liberate the, the Namibia, they sacrificed their in exile in Angola and in Zambia and all other neighboring countries and we appealed to Swapo when we appealed to the government they refused to help us so we said that as long as the government or Swapo leadership does not hello yes yes I'm listening I'm listening yeah so we are saying that as long as the Swapo leadership and the government do not help us to bring the remains of our parents from Angola and Zambia and Zimbabwe back into Namibia so we can give them the proper so we can give them the proper burial service we will not stop we will make noise until somebody can really hear us because the case that you are having here is very valid imagine my brother our mothers and okay. fathers they fought to liberate these countries they have contributed so much but now when the country is independent People they have forgotten our fathers and their mothers, they are just buried there in Angola. So we as the children mm. and the family of these people, we want these people, their remains to be brought back here in Namibia so we can give them the proper burial service. So this is what brought now that we come up with this sort of organization so we can fight for these rights to have the remains of our deceased parents brought back from Angola and Zambia and Zimbabwe. Uh, did you did you guys already contact the, the, the government from those countries, Angola, Zimbabwe, uh, Zambia? No, for us, we don't need to contact those governments. We need to contact the Swapo leadership here. We need to contact mm -hmm. the leaders of Namibian government here. Because what you don't understand is that, look, the Swapo people or the living veterans who were fighting together with our parents, they betrayed our parents because imagine me and you, we go to war. You survived the war, I died. So what happened is that when you are surviving the war, you are going to eat alone, you forget about your brother that was fighting with you, and to make matters you also forget that this brother that died in exile or died in the war, he was having children, and if not children, he was having the family. So what, feel, what we feel is that, that the injustice has been done, therefore we cannot ask any foreign governments to account for this. This is only Swapo and the Namibian government who we call responsible for them, because these people that are buried there, these are not strangers. This is their family. This is their brothers. They fought together. So we want to remind them that, look, you have betrayed your deceased comrades. You have betrayed your, your deceased friends. And for you to do justice, it's your responsibility. It's not the responsibility of anybody else. This is the responsibility of Swapo and the Namibian government to make sure that the fallen heroes of the Namibia liberation struggle, whose remains are rotting there in the foreign countries, must be returned to the Namibia. No one else mm. can be approached concerning this but Swapo. Because this is Swapo's people. This is Swapo soldiers. People who sacrifice their lives to have Namibia free today. And this is the freedom people in Namibia are enjoying. So this is where we are coming to say we are reminding you that if Namibia is to be forever free and happy, the remains of those that have sacrificed their lives to have Namibia free and liberated must return to Namibia. Mm. Okay, uh, uh, I think it will be uh, will be a, a long process and a little complicated. Do you guys have a, 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 I mean the demarcation of place? where all these soldiers were buried in those countries? We know where our fathers and mothers were buried. 
We have even information mm. where they are. And some of these graves where they are lying, they are just not tendered for. They are very bushy and stuff. And this is very painful for us to know that my father, my mother, who died in exile, his, uh, his grave is unattended. He's just growing in the bush and stuff like that. So we know, and the Swapo know, and Namibian government, they know, they know where they are, our parents are buried. They know, and we know also. But uh, what the what what the what, what swap is uh, what's the, the Namibian government in particular swap is is is, is saying regarding this uh, this issue? They don't give any damn, and this is what we are saying that they have betrayed our parents. Our parents, they were their friends. They fought together in exile. They fought together the war. But now, when the country got independent, what is happening here? The living veterans, they are eating alone. They are partying alone. And they've forgotten our parents, not just our parents, they also have forgotten mm. us. Because we are saying that the reason why the liberation struggle kids are suffering here in Namibia, why they are demonstrating, demanding for jobs, demanding for the opportunities, why they are finding themselves in this whole negative situation is because of their parents that died for this liberation of this country. So this is what we are trying to remind the leadership of SWAP and the government to tell them that, guys, Please, this injustice that you are having against our parents is unfair. And if they don't want, we are already having a plan to say that if the government don't want to listen to us or the Swapo leadership don't want to listen to us, we will look for a lawyer and will take the government and we hope that the court will compel and order Swapo leadership and the government to go and bring back to Namibia the remains of our parents. Because this cause that you are fighting for is very justified and then and, 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 and it's our right to demand for the return of the remains of our parents. I remember back in the days they, they, they went to get some of the people, but they only brought only 10 people from more than 10,000 people who died in Angola and Zambia, whose remains they are still there. They only brought 10. This is what also angered us because why, how do you just bring 10 people, you leave majority of the people there? So we are very angry about this, and we are very serious about it, to the extent that if they don't adhere to our, to, 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 to our, to our course, what you are going to do, we are going to take the government and swap party to the court. Mm. Uh, I was just up to ask you how many people died out abroad. You already mentioned... Uh, More 10, than 11,000, my brother. All right. And how many members currently are your organization or part of your organization that are willing to confront the government about, about their, their rights? We are representing... We are, our organization is representing more than 3,000 kids who are demanding that the remains of their parents must be returned. And more people are joining us every day. Because like I'm telling you, in exile, we're having around 15,000 kids out of 45,000 people that were in exile. And some of them, sadly enough, they've passed away. But those that ones are alive, we have 3,000 people. But every day we are getting more and more. And I believe that within one month or two months, we'll have another extra 2,000, which will bring our membership to 5,000 people. But for now, as I speak now, for now, we are having more than 3,000 members and all of them, they are really demanding that we must do something to force the government to bring their 
uh, deceased parents to Namibia because all of us, all of us, we want to give our parents proper burial. And when we see the clips, when we go to people, they go to Angola, then they bring their videos and we see how our parents' uh, uh, burial places are looking in the condition that they are. We are very paining. We are very angry. You understand what I'm saying? We don't have peace. Mm, yes, and we yes. only have peace mm. when our parents remain ah, brought back here in Namibia. Because these people, they are from here. And even them themselves in their graves where they are, they are praying to God that we find it sensible to bring them back here in Namibia so can they rest in peace among their family here. You understand what I'm saying? Exactly. I do understand what you're saying exactly. Is something that uh, uh, the Namibian government should be able to think about it. I will see if I can get uh, someone from the government to uh, respond to uh, some that. of the please, questions please what you uh, guys are, are fighting. Uh, yeah. One of the things also I, I contact you is regarding one of the, 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 the issue uh, of uh, one person or one guy or one gentleman in, in Namibia, I think it's part of your organization, yeah. uh, is claiming uh, is a son of the former Angolan president, Jose Eduardo Santos. Yes, yes. Um, are you, can you tell me this story? Because we would like to hear more about this story. Yeah, you know, the whole situation here in Namibia is like this. When we are in exile, there was a lot of things that were going on. And some of those things was like, no, uh, some of the parents, they were giving their children away because the father either died or the father was not known or the father would not be just straight. So what was happening is that for the children, they but these are the secrets that people are keeping to themselves. So, but you know about the secrets. Somehow, somehow, one day in life, this type of secrets, they will be coming. Yeah. This is now where we are finding that Tashia, whose name was Tashia, he came to find out through his connection and through his investigation that the mother and the king, these are... information and he kept uh, home he went to angola uh, he just, went for the he went just one one second just one second i i got cut i didn't listen to what you say from the last the last can you repeat again about about him because i got cut hello yes i i i i've got a kind of a little problem he's breaking down yes i can hear you can you hear yeah. me yeah, I can Please, hear you. I right just now. want you to repeat. Uh, can you? I want you to repeat again. You say that. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, this, the, the story of this this gentleman uh, you were telling me how it, how 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 it come about. He's a son of the Angolan president. Yeah, you see the situation. It was like this. Some of our mothers and fathers, uh, we, they were living in Angola since 1975, and that was the time when Angola was getting independent. I think that time Augusto Nieto, Augustino Nieto, he died, and then uh, Mr. Doshandos, he took over. So what happens, Tashia's mother, he was, she was living in Angola. But then there were some influential Swapo members who were offered also some places in Luanda. 
So what happened is that also Tashia's mother was one of the people that was living in Luanda. So what according to Tashia is that his mother was involved in any romantic relationship with Mr. Eduardo Dos Santos. So on falling pregnancy, what I understand from my friend Tashia is that the mother and Mr. Don Santos have decided that this pregnancy must be given to somebody else. The mother has given Tashia another father so as to try to protect the secret and of course, of course also to try to protect Mr. Dos Santos himself. But if you look at Tashia, you can see that there is too much resemblance, too much resemblance mm. to Mr. Dos Santos as opposed to his father. Because the father that they are telling... Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, yeah. What I, my question is, uh, you were telling me a story that uh, uh, your friend, her mother, were living in Luanda and then uh, had, a, uh, had a, a relation with uh, the Angolan president, Luis Santos. Yes. Can you just tell me the story, exactly how it happened? No, what I'm, I'm not saying the mother was saving. What I'm suspecting, because the mother is very true, because Sam Yoma and some Swapo leadership people, they were staying in, 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 in Angola, in Luanda. So in that process, it's possible that maybe his mother ended up having a relationship with Mr. Eduardo Dos Santos. In that process, also could be that the mother could have fallen pregnant, you see? So I'm not saying that is okay. the case, but what I'm saying is that his mother was staying in Luanda for more than 10 years. So, of course, there is a possibility that she and Mr. Dos Santos will have met somewhere secretly, and in that process also, the mother could have fallen pregnant. But does he have a, a DNA test which prove that he's a son of the Angolan president? Because lately, uh, what we are hearing in Angola, there are coming many uh, new children of the Angolan president. I don't know if you hear about that. Yeah, well, according to my friend, he said that he went on his own to Angola to come and, and, and have, he uh, wanted to have the DNA test done. According to him, I have not seen it, but whatever he says, he said that he did, and he went for the DNA test, and he's done with it, and he, he did it, and he told me also that the DNA test, I did not see it, but I can give you his number later. Maybe you can call him yourself, you can talk to him, but what he said, he said that the DNA test really proved that he's the son. Of Mr. Eduardo mm. Dos Okay, I'll be I'll be pleased to talk to him yeah. and then uh, if you can give me his number. But also I would love to Mr. Uh, uh, Borro to make sure that uh, the information that you're passing is be true. You need to see the the text before you 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 come public and mention that, right? Yeah, no, that's why I'm saying I have not seen the test of my friend, but he himself, he said that when he went mm -hmm. to Angola, he went for the uh, uh, DNA test, and he said that he's having the test. So if you really want more evidence and more information, uh, all I can do for you is just to give you the number of the guy, and then once you meet the guy, the guy can tell you further more. But what I'm telling you, the guy is very adamant that the Doshandos is his mm. father. Is okay. his father.
All right. Yeah. All right. I would love to, uh, when we when you finish your talk exactly. I would like to have a, I would like to have his number. You listen to the yeah. African state as you see. We are talking with Mr. Aborondongolo. He's a man with many activities. An activist. He's a chess player. Uh, he's a spokesperson of the organization. Yeah. Uh, they blood war our freedom. And then you've been uh, from Vinduki talking to us uh, regarding the situation in in. Uh, in Vindok, this very interesting man to talk to, and I'm looking forward to meet him again uh, sometime in um, in, in uh, end of the year or not uh, to talk with him uh, live, indirect with him there in Vindok. Uh, thank you very much, Mister uh, uh, Boro, for to having uh, this time talking with us. No problem, my brother. Thank you very much, and all the greetings to your listeners. Thank listener. you very much.